Welcome to the 401k podcast. I'm your host, Fernando Rincon Jr. This is our second episode, and we felt that the next discussion of our podcast series should be about the different parties uh, that are involved in operating a 401k plan. And unlike your personal income tax return, where you only need to hire one CPA, which is a certified public accountant, or just one IRS enrolled agent, which is a tax professional who is recognized as a certified tax practitioner amongst the IRS agents um, who will prepare your government tax returns, whether that be a 1040EZ, a 1040 form, or whatever. Uh, In comparison to a 401k plan, which does require the of the involvement of more than one entity not just one individual but various individuals various businesses and you know for this reason it's important to identify who is involved why they're involved what they're responsible for and understand how all of these different parties work together for one common goal, which is the successful operation of your 401k plan. And I strongly believe that this episode will be a solid base foundation uh, for small business owners um, to be able to understand why uh, they need partnerships to operate a 401k plan. And I understand, you know, being a small business owner, uh, not myself personally, but just dealing with small businesses on the day-to-day, um, a lot of individuals want to cut costs. Completely understandable. But also, um, you have to understand that on the other end of the spectrum, there are costs associated with quality service. And just like any other business, just like any other uh, financial product, a 401k plan does cost some money to operate the plan. However, though, the returns are much greater than the cost themselves. So, with that said, let's begin. The first type of 401k plan services that I want to discuss is known as the unbundled services. So, what that means is unbundled basically means that your 401k plan is being operating or it's it's operating through different entities, through the services of different corporations, different uh, professional services. For example, uh, unbundled services typically look like a three-legged stool in the sense of there are three different parties, three different entities that are involved in an unbundled 401k plan service. You have your TPA firm, which stands for third-party administration firm. Then you have your second firm, which is the financial advising firm or your wealth management firm. And the third is the record keeper. Now, we're going to break down the three different types of entities that are involved in an unbundled 401k plan. And the first one that we're going to discuss is a TPA firm. Now, the abbreviation TPA stands for third-party administration or administrator firm. And a TPA firm can really be just about any type of firm. Uh, 
Um, there's TPA firms, third-party administration firms, administrator firms, administrator firms, whatever you want to use. There's different specializations. So you have some TPA firms that specialize solely in administering um, health and welfare plans. You have other TPA firms that specialize in pharmaceutical uh, management. And then you have TPA firms that specialize in qualified retirement plans, as well as non-qualified retirement plans, which um, is actually a little bit beyond this scope of this uh, episode, and we'll discuss um, non-qualified plans in uh, in some future episode. But um, in regards to an unbundled 401k plan, the type of TPA firm that you would work with would be a TPA firm that only specializes in uh, retirement plans, which would be qualified corporate uh, retirement plans. First time trying uh, Pete's coffee. Um, it's pretty good. It's kind of heavy, but definitely like my uh, coffee strong. So uh, going back to the TPA firm. Uh, so you would be working with a pension administration firm and what the TPA firm does is they really are the backbone in my opinion as the um, designer um, and also as the I guess you can say watchdog or um, you know the frontline um, advisor that really truly sees the plan as a whole. So what the TPA firm does, the pension administration firm, is that it first will assist the plan sponsor, the small business owner, with designing a retirement plan. And the plan design step that the TPA firm uh, does is honestly the most important step because it sets the plan document to be written in a certain way to achieve a certain goal. Some plan sponsors or some newly planned sponsors want to maximize their 401k plan and minimize any contribution allocations to their employees. Some other plan sponsors are more generous and they tend to be a little fairer by allocating the maximum amount of their employees allocation and minimizing their own or somewhere in between. So plan design is very important because it takes into consideration, one, your demographics of your workforce. So how many individuals are considered highly composite employees, for example? And uh, by highly compensated employees, I'm talking about individuals that make at least $120,000 a year or more. And also taking into consideration how many non-highly compensated employees are, which are employees that make less than 120000 a year. And that right there is important because being able to compare and identify the, uh, the demographics of who is your highly comp employees and who are your non-highly comp employees will determine whether or not you will require or may require a safe harbor, uh, a safe harbor plan feature so that you can pass certain testings like top-heavy testing, um, if you have more than one key employee or ADP ACP testing where typically highly compensated employees tend to defer a much larger um, 
percentage of their 401k contributions as opposed to a non-highly compensated employee. So those are one of the things that um, a TPA firm discusses with a small business owner or with a medium-sized business owner who is new to uh, sponsoring a qualified retirement plan. Now, typically, um, a plan design does take several days uh, to complete, but um, it's a very detailed process that um, the TPA firm takes uh, into great depth and really analyzes various parts of your business. Now, once that phase is over, once the plan is designed, once the plan sponsor signs the plan documents, um, the trust documents, um, as well as any amendments that may be required, then the plan is in full effect, um, at least document-wise. And the next step um, of a TPA firm would be to then uh, monitor the plan throughout the designated plan year, whether it's a 2019 plan year, 2020 plan year, whatever the effective date of the plan is. And the nice thing about the TPA firm is that they coordinate with not just your financial advisor, but they also recommend record keepers. So uh, record keeper is basically a entity that actually holds your assets. So um, think of it as like a Wells Fargo or a Chase Bank, an actual company that actually is holding your money, maybe not in a vault, but digitally holding your assets. So once the plan design is, is completed and you're set up with a record keeper, then what the TPA firm does is that it monitors um, the activities um, throughout the year and they administer the yearly the yearly reports. So there's a lot of compliance um, requirements that are issued by the Department of Labor and the IRS. Uh, a lot of complex testing uh, that are involved in a 401k plan. Um, it just really depends on the size of the plan, who's in the plan, what kind of money is in the plan. Um, but generally, you know, there's at least six or seven tests that a basic 401k plan has to um, pass on a yearly basis. And so that's another feature that, um, I'm sorry, that's another uh, service that the TPA firm offers, plan design, yearly compliance testing, and they also do trust reconciliation. So not only are they testing the plan, um, comparing non-highly compensated employees versus highly compensated employees or comparing key employees with non-key employees, they're also reconciling your assets, ensuring that one, um, the money balances, ensuring that there's no distributions or prohibited transactions occurring throughout the year, for example. Uh, prohibited transactions would be withdrawing money um, for non-qualified distribution um, and I've personally have seen many smaller plans uh, who decided to withdraw assets for non-qualified uh, distribution reasons for example I actually had one individual uh, one small mom-and-pop shop um, take money out take money out of the plan because they used it to pay for um, some federal corporate taxes that were that were due, and uh, that's a big no. 
um, you don't use a 401k plan um, to pay any obligations that are outside of the plan and that's definitely a prohibited transaction and it got so bad that they withdrew I'd say about 90% of of the assets that were in the plan and so unfortunately we had to um, let them go as a client um, just because it was a hot mess but that's why it's important to be able to reconcile your assets make sure it balances um, and ensure that um, the money stays where it's supposed to stay and that it's only supposed to be taken out if a qualified distribution occurs and just depending on the plan document um, that definition will vary but generally a qualified distribution would be either death disability um, 100% disability um, or in-service withdrawals if that's allowed on the plan so just different um, variations different options of what would be considered as a qualified distribution just depending on how the plan design is set up and the fourth service um, not just plan design not just compliance testing not just trust reconciliation tpa firms also do government reporting so as i mentioned in our introduction just like your personal income tax return where you hire a cpa or an irs enrolled agent to do your taxes like a 1040 form 401k plans also have their own personal tax returns that need to be completed on a yearly basis man you know doing these podcasts so early really makes me want to just shoot up on espressos <laughs> anyways um so going back to the government form reportings that um, 401k plans are required, it just really depends on the size of your plan. So if you're a very small business, meaning you're a sole proprietor, um, it's just you, maybe one of your sons, daughters, your spouse, um, you know, you're not technically required to file a return. You can actually prepare what's called a 5500 easy um, just have it prepared and save them for your record. Those aren't necessarily needed uh, to be e-filed. Um, there are some uh, requirements. Um, there's a certain threshold um, that cannot be surpassed in order to qualify for this type of filing. And depending on how big your company is, so if you are a non-mom-and-pop shop, meaning you actually have employees, you may still be a sole proprietor, but you actually have employees that are not family related meaning uh, dependents meaning um, a wife a father a mother then now you have to file what's ca called a 5500 short form sf and um, that does need to be e-filed with the department of labor and the irs on a yearly basis and once your business grows from a, and you change your business entity maybe from a sole proprietor to a c corporation or a limited liability corporation or whatever and you have over a threshold of 120 employees in the beginning of the plan year then now your plans considered large and now you're required to fill out a full-on form 5500 which basically is a form that requires several different schedules several different additional forms attached with it and it also requires a cpa audit um, a limited scope audit and it's a little more complex a little bit more disclosures are required but that's 
the type of thing, the type of services that a TPA firm um, handles, things that are complex and definitely require methodical processes, ensuring that things are done correctly and consistently on a yearly basis because just like your personal income tax return, whether it's a 1040-EZ, a 1040-short form, or the long 1040 form, if your tax returns aren't done right and you're audited by the IRS, well, you might have to pay penalties. So definitely um, an important function of a TPA firm. And uh, I apologize if you hear background noises um, in the back. It's just my family. Uh, my grandmother is visiting us, and um, so are my aunts. So I apologize if you hear uh, a Mexican lady speak Spanish in the back <laughs> or uh, 30 kids yelling in the back. That's just how us Mexicans uh, have our family very tight-knit. So please disregard any uh, background noises. And um, besides the plan design, compliance testing, uh, trust reconciliation, government form reporting, there's other services as well that um, a TPA firm performs. Um, for example, um, I personally work for a TPA firm and um, we do a lot of non-routine uh, functions like plan amendments. If I told you how many plan amendments I have done um, to correct a administrative year, or to create, to uh, to can't speak, or to correct an operational issue, I mean, we definitely do a lot of amendments, a lot of plan corrections. Um, there have been many clients of mine who would be late with 401k contributions which require a correction which are various steps and are non-routine so tpa firms are very important again because they are the i would like to say the quarterback of the three-legged or the three-team uh, party of an unbundled 401k plan service like I said, they handle the compliance part, the legal part, the government part, the, anal the analysis parts to ensure that your plans are in compliance. And that's the importance of a TPA firm. Now, the second entity involved in an unbundled 401k plan would be the FA firm, financial advising firm, wealth management firm, sometimes even CPA firm. Sometimes a CPA firm would have a wealth uh, management practice within the firm. Basically, it's a licensed securities agent, not just an insurance agent, but an actual licensed securities representative. Um, you know, usually they have their Series 7, maybe their Series 6 and 63 and whatever other series that um, are out there. And the financial advisor's role is also important uh, for different reasons. Um, basically, a financial advisor ensures that the fund lineups in a 401k plan align with the the uh, the goal of the plan sponsor there are certain things that are required by the financial advisor as there are things required by the tpa firm on a yearly basis 
and uh, typically a financial advisor would be involved with ensuring that the QDIA, which is an abbreviation for Qualified Default Investment Alternative, is suitable for the plan. So what that means, that QDIA, also known as Qualified Default Investment Alternative, it's basically a fund that the plan sponsor, along with their financial advisor, have to monitor and ensure that it is a well-suited default investment selection for employees that are newly enrolled to the plan and have not selected any funds. So basically, it's an automatic investment fund selection that the plan will choose if the plan participant has no funds selected. So it's kind of like a safety switch. It's kind of like your automatic choice. If you don't choose, well, the plan chooses for you. But the alternative investment fund, uh, the default alternative investment fund, or default, you know, um, has to be well-suited and has to be minimum risk, um, and the return has to be decent. So there's definitely regulations involved with uh, choosing this QDIA. Um, as well as sending out a notice on a yearly basis to uh, the plan employees, plan participants uh, at the beginning of each year, plan year, um, and notifying them that, uh, hey, if you don't select an investment fund, well, this is the investment fund that will be chosen for you. So that's very important, and that's done on a, co- on a yearly basis. And um, besides the QDIA, I mean the Financial Advisor, Wealth Manager, Certified Financial Plan, Certified Financial Planner, RIA, Registered Investment Advisor, which, by the way, um, in in future podcast episodes, we're going to distinguish the different um, designations and the different different types of financial advisors that are out there. Um, There's a lot of times where an insurance professional will call himself or herself a financial advisor, but in reality, they're just an insurance agent and vice versa. So we'll definitely discuss that in later episodes. But besides the QDIA notice and ensuring that fund lineups are appropriate and are um, are aligned with the plan sponsor's goals, the financial advisors typically also do annual plan reviews uh, with the plan sponsor. So what they do is they will generate or request uh, reports from the TPA firm, usually their uh, annual administration reports, which is a combination of the compliance testing the trust reconciliation statements, government forms, and any uh, notes or any financial statements provided by the CPA, assuming that the plan is audited. Along with um, reports that are created by the record keeper. Typically, these are investment fund performances as well as fees. And um, typically, these annual plan review meetings are typically more focus on fees because the FA likes to minimize fees or at least the ones that we work with their primary goal is to one ensure the plan is in compliance and to ensure that the plan is in compliance with minimal cost so um, they definitely try to cut costs uh, and save money for the plan sponsor and so typically these annual plan reviews um, are involved with uh, investment fees that are being charged by not just the financial advisor but also the record keeper and any kickbacks to i believe they're called 12b1 fees 
which are kicked back to the TPA firms for referring business to the record keepers. And uh, that's also required on a yearly basis as well. And besides that, um, financial advisors, um, at least some of the some of the ones that I've partnered with and uh, have worked with, they um, they also offer money management. So um, you know, through the perspective of a financial advisor, um, there's typically a certain threshold uh, that they have for a potential client. Uh, I'm not talking about a business owner, but I'm just talking about a highly net worth individual. And I've had some, and I have some financial advisors who will go into a uh, one of our clients' businesses and I just talk about their 401k plan, but then also identify who the key employees are, who the highly compensated employees are in, the, in, in this company and offer services like money management, for example, in which, you know, the FA will charge a, a type of fee, whether it's a base point fees or just a service fee uh, for their services. And uh, besides that, I've also worked with a lot of financial advisors that offer additional services that are outside of the 401k plan um, world. So, for example, there's been financial advisors that I've partnered with who would offer annuities, um, other types of insurance products, as well as IRAs for any uh, terminated employee, um, assuming that they meet their minimum threshold. And I believe from my previous conversations, financial advisors will even consider an IRA account if it's less than $5,000. So, you know, there's different um, services that a financial advisor offers to make money and, you know, well understood, um, you know, most financial advisors don't really make a whole lot of money from uh, from 401k plans, usually because a lot of 401k plans are sponsored by small plans and the asset size, even though it may sound like a lot on paper, three, four, five million dollars in comparison to other plans, those typically don't really generate a whole lot of um, income for FA. So they tend to offer other services to supplement their income. So uh, those are the two parties involved, TPA firms and financial advising firms. And now we're going to talk about the third for, uh, third party. The third party is what we call a record keeper or a custodian, whatever, same thing. So a record keeper. A record keeper is basically the bank. The bank for 401k plan assets. They are your Wells Fargo's, your Chase Banks, your Bank of America that um, holds your money. But in the uh, 401k world, um, the type of main players would be John Hancock, Nationwide, Empower. Um, trying to name the ones that I like because there's plenty that I do not like. Um, and, and other ones that, that are good as well. Um, these are the record keepers that are mainstream. And what they do is they hold your assets, not just the plant sponsor, but as well as the plant participants. These are the entities that you as either the HR manager or the payroll person will upload um, payroll contribution files to their 401k platform, which basically an online website page. Uh, dedicated to your plan. 
and um, you basically upload these reports to them, telling them, okay, each so and so employee, you know, contributed X amount of this paycheck. Please update their account online, and we will send you the deposit in X days. And so they hold the assets, and they also have an online presence where you can physically look at your numbers um, through their website and they will usually have a page dedicated to your plan and then your your plan participants will have their own page um, so that they can view only certain things and besides that the record keeper also does record keeping obviously record keeper record keeping so what they do is they record keep all transactions so what does that mean it means what it means all transactions so whether you're Putting money in, you're withdrawing money, your investments go up and down, they record it. You take out a loan, they record it. You try to steal, well, guess what? They're going to record it. So they record all transactions. And what they do with these transactions is they generate various reports, contribution deposit reports, loan outstanding reports, trust reports, which are a cumulative uh, report, um, which are usually... Uh, generated on a quarterly basis and then they'll typically also do a yearly uh, cumulative report to show all the movements all the transactions within the plan that occurred in that particular year and they also provide you know participant statements which are either available online through PDF files or they're mailed out to the participants on a quarterly basis and the important role you know of a record keeper which is very different from the TPA firm, which is the compliance portion, versus the FA, which is the investment portion. Record keepers are important because they record keep. They create the actual data that the TPA firm uses to ensure that the plan is in compliance. The FA uses the reports from the record keeper to compare the, the fees that were taken um, for whichever applicable year they're trying to look at. Um, as well as ensuring, okay, how many people do we have remaining in the, in, in, in the plan? Um, you know, so-and-so terminated, how much assets do they have in the account? So it really is um, important that these record keepers have all of this data so that the TPA firm and the FA firms can then generate the reports, the government forms, as well as provide quality investment advice and, quali and qualified default investment alternative uh, funds. Um, ensuring that the accuracy of the record keeper is accurate to provide solutions to their clients. And besides that, um, the record keeper also offers other things. Um, I know that TD Ameritrade, I'm sorry, not TD Ameritrade. Um, I forgot the name of this one record keeper, but there's different record keepers like John Hancock and Transamerica that also offer annuities uh, to participants and other types of investment products. So, Record keepers are not just um, asset holders. Um, they also offer competing services that TPA firms and FA firms um, offer, which uh, we're going to discuss real soon. Um, that'll be under our bundled 401k plan service topic. So um, in a nutshell, uh, an unbundled 401k plan service um, is highly recommended, uh, in my opinion, for plans that have uh, a limited amount of employees 
and for newer plans, uh, new plan sponsors that have never sponsored a 401k plan, for various reasons. One, you have different entities that you can go to as a newly plan sponsor. So you have your TPA firm, which generally would be your go-to person for any questions about enrollments, questions about loans, distributions, general questions. And then you have your designated financial advisor who would meet with you on a yearly basis. And then you have your record keeper. Sorry, I have to um, drink some coffee. And then you have your record keeper who um, handles all the assets. So pros, you have specialized parties that specialize in specialized functions. <laughs> Two, you can customize your plan because you have a TPA firm that's only designated um, their time and services in the plan design and compliance um, reporting of your plan. So they have no other agenda but provide you the best plan suitable to your needs so customized plans as well as customer service customer service tends to be very high touch uh, in a unbundled 401k plan meaning tpa firm is only there for your needs it's only there to help you achieve your goals um, they don't have an agenda to provide you annuities insurance contracts things that you don't need so definitely customer service is um, definitely high touch in a unbundled 401k plan cons well you know, you have three different entities. Um, so there's going to be fees involved. A TPA firm, uh, in my experience, from my previous experience, I mean, you're looking on average, if you're a small business, let's say you have 10 employees, including yourself, let's say it's a million dollar, let's say it's you know, $2 million asset plan, you're looking at, at about maybe $3,000 on a yearly basis that you'll be paying uh, a TPA firm for their services. And then the FA, you know, might charge you five basis points, maybe, who knows. And then the record keeper would charge you their fees as well. So you're looking at a total maybe somewhere between seven to $8,000, maybe a little more. Um, but even though it is a little more expensive, the benefits of the savings from a qualified 401k plan are definitely substantial. Um, typically, you can save a whole lot more than what you're paying for. So that is the end of the unbundled 401k plan services. Now let's jump down to our second topic, bundled 401k plan services. And I just let you know the background noise. I, I can hear it because I'm recording with this little expensive mic I bought. Um, those aren't people shouting, that's a movie. So I don't think that there is any domestic abuse happening here. There is not. It is the TV, so do not call the cops. Okay, second um, topic is unbundled. I'm sorry, second topic is bundled for hurricane plan services. So this is where typically the larger plans, we're talking the audited plans, the plans that are sponsored by public um, publicly traded companies we're talking Disney Nordstrom we're talking we're talking publicly traded companies large ass companies and the reason why bundled 401k plans typically are aimed for large plans is because they have so many employees that sometimes a small TPA firm can't handle the volume 
And there's only one entity involved in a bundled 401k plan service. Take a guess. You guess right. The record keeper. So record keepers like John Hancock, Nationwide, Transamerica, Empower, Mass Mutual, a census which is buying everybody out and other um, record keepers they offer bundled services so what they do is they act uh, they act like the TPA they act like the record keeper and they also act like the financial advising firm the pros the pros of this is that um, the plant sponsor just has to go to one to, uh, just has to call I hate when I um, mix my words up. Let's start over. The record keeper and the pros of having a bundled service is that the record keeper is basically a one-stop shop for the plan sponsor. So what that means is the plan sponsor picks up the phone. They have an assigned account manager with, let's say, John Hancock. And then that one account manager handles all three functions. So um, that's the pro. Pro is you have a one-stop shop, you have a one phone number you call, and that person takes care of all three all three party uh, involvements. Another pro is that these plans um, that bundled 401k services use are simple plans. Um, these are abbreviated MEP plans or multiple employer plans. And for those that aren't familiar with multiple employer plans, basically what it is, it's a retirement savings package uh, in which multiple businesses participate in a single qualified plan. Sorry if I burped. I'm a little gassy. It's early morning. Um, so a map is basically a cumulative... Uh, plan of different businesses that are basically under this one umbrella. Um, the issue, well, we'll talk about the issues later. So it's it's easy to run. Um, it's non, it's not really customizable. So you have a limited amount of scopes. But that's one of the nice things about it is that it's simple. So you don't have to worry about it if you're a, a large plan sponsor. And another pro is that it's inexpensive. I mean, you have a one-stop shop that acts as the TP, the FA, and the record keeper. So you're really going to have one cumulative fee as opposed to various fees, and they tend to be a little cheaper. Now, with that said, um, here are the cons. Administration. You know, you have companies like ADP, um, Paychex. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not here to make any slanderous comments, but it's just... It's common knowledge uh, amongst the TPA firms. You have um, companies like them that are bundled. And the issue is that on a yearly basis, when they do the administrative reports, they come out inaccurate. Um, the information isn't assembled correctly. The testing is either incomplete or just complete inaccurate. Because there's no high-touch uh, customer service. Basically, they just use the collected information, the information that was automated, and they spit out reports, manual reports, to press the button, and whatever comes out comes out without really having an individual analyze and then reanalyze and then 
re re reanalyze the reports um, to ensure everything's accurate. They just spit out the reports and send it off. So no quality service. Two, um, customer service sucks. That's just the truth. Yeah, you have a one-stop shop account manager, but guess what? Your participants are going to have to call a hotline. And well, guess what? That hotline is going to have some crappy service. Um, yeah, customer service sucks. That's just the bottom line. So those are your cons. Those are your pros of a bundled 401k plan versus an unbundled 401k plan. So really, you as the newly acquired plan sponsor or business owner that wants to sponsor a plan, those are the options that you have. And it just depends on what you're looking for, what you're willing to pay, and what your goals are. Now, with all that said, the individual that has the ultimate say is the plan sponsor, the trustee. So, for example, you're the sole proprietor, you are the end-all, be-all sayer. So, for example, a TPA firm doesn't do anything without the approval of the plan sponsor, without the approval of the trustee, because TPA firms are not fiduciaries. TPA firms provide and perform what's called, and I want to make sure I say this right, um, missionary functions. What does that mean? You tell them what to do. You tell them the census is right, the compensation is right. No, the plan, you know, the plan doesn't exclude bonuses and comp and uh, bonuses and commissions and whatever extra you know fringe benefits you have. It's all correct. So, the plan sponsor definitely is the fiduciary and. Because you are the fiduciary, it's highly recommended that you are involved with the TPA firms, the financial advisors, the record keepers. You're in constant dialogue with them. You tell them what you want. You ensure that what you're requesting isn't going to um, be anything that's against ERISA, anything that's against one of the newly passed regulations. Ensure that it's not against any DOL or Internal Revenue Service uh, guides guidelines so you really have to be involved with the plan you can't just sit back and think that things are going to be an autopilot that's when shit happens so you as a business owner have to be educated ask your tpa firm ask your fa firm ask your record keeper account manager to educate you because you will be liable if shit hits the fan and people are going to sue you not the tpa firm not the record keeper and not the fa firm Unless they're 316 or 336 fiduciaries, but that's going to be in a whole other um, podcast episode that we're going to talk about. So be informed, my friends. Be informed. And um, damn, looks like we did 43 minutes. I was hoping we could did 15, but we definitely did a lot more. So this is a quality episode, guys. Free. So, And uh, with that said, uh, this is the end of our second podcast episode. Now, um, before we conclude this episode, I am very grateful and I would like to give a special thank you to Joy Van Hughes for becoming our first subscriber to our YouTube channel Woo! and newsletter subscription. Now, Joy is an accomplished human resource professional. She's an author and a new YouTube personality. So please 
check out her amazing videos on her LinkedIn and YouTube channel. So with that said, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel, newsletter list, and connect with me on LinkedIn. For any inquiries, please email me at the401kpodcast at gmail.com. With that said, thank you again for listening.